Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to the show. If you're tuning in via video, um, you may think, Sam, what the heck's going on with your hair since you last recorded? Well, the truth is the hairdressers are still shut, so that's why it looks like a bit of a mop shop. Um, anyway, <laughs> excited and delighted to be joined by Gaetano Nino Donati today. Um, Gaetano is the Director of Demand Generation at Nextiva, and he's got a track record of success working with brands like Major League Baseball, Pipe Drive, Sales Hacker, and Outreach.io. Um, outside of marketing, Gaetano is an accomplished music producer and songwriter. He's worked with major artists such as Fat Joe, Shaggy, and he loves making music to stay turbocharged. Um, Nextiva, they're a cloud communications company. They enable businesses to work from anywhere. Think of Nextiva like a business phone system with superpowers. Um, Gaetano puts out awesome content on LinkedIn. Um, I love his stuff. You've got to follow him. Um, one of the latest videos I saw was him running around the street. I think it was a mall, cold pitching people in real life. So all those spammy <laughs> LinkedIn messages, he was actually doing those in real life. It was absolute blast. Gatano, looking forward to speaking, man. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Sam. I appreciate that. Um, that was a very warm welcome. Thank you for that, man. Uh, and I'm just looking at, you know, kicking it today with you and, and chatting it up about, about growth marketing, business, all that fun stuff. Awesome, man. Can't wait. So there's a few key things we want to learn from yourself. Um, we want to learn you being a digital marketing expert, um, basically like myself, but I reckon you're a hundred times more knowledgeable. So I really want to pick your brains on all things SEO and what our audience can get stuck into. Um, so yeah, we want to learn your top digital marketing tips, some of your business growth strategies. But before we get all to, the, to all this juicy stuff, we'd love to know a bit more about yourself, Gatano, really. So where you grew up, some of the key places you've worked at, because I know you've worked at some really awesome places over the years. And if you could share with us some of the lessons that you learned at each, each place that you've worked at um, up until now, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, brother. Uh, so I'm a New York City boy. You know, okay. I had your, classic, <laughs> had your classic New York City boy upbringing, you know, um, playing stickball in the street. Um, we played a lot of uh, football. Um, nice. so, so English football. Uh, soccer. Got it. Good, good. Yeah, played a lot of played a lot of that. That was a big deal for me growing up. I grew up in the Bronx specifically, so uh, um, a really um, diverse community, pre uh, predominantly Latino. Okay. And, and um, soccer, soccer among like the the kids that I grew up with w was like a huge thing. So mostly Real Madrid fans. Um, nice. <laughs> not not my thing, you know. I'm I'm an, I'm a, a Juventus fan. Okay, uh, good team, still yeah. good team. Pretty, pretty good, pretty <laughs> Liverpool good. Liverpool here. Um, oh, nice, man, nice. Yeah, I, so I grew up watching English Premier League with my grandpa. Awesome, and we man. loved it, man. It was awesome. Um, so, yeah, big soccer fan. And, um, you know, I, I basically, like, loved music my whole life. Like, my, my grandpa sang, sang opera in Italy back in the day, and my dad's a musician, and, and my mom uh, was always playing music in the house. And uh, I grew up um, in a very musical household. So um, when I was in college, I was getting into music production and I was working with, you know, some pretty, pretty cool artists, pretty big names. Um, 
And I started blogging just about my experiences as a music producer, uh, upcoming on the grind type stuff. Sure. And, what I re- and what I realized was my blog was getting a ton of traffic okay. without, without me even promoting it. And I'm like, damn, how are all these people finding my stuff? And then like, you know, I started researching more and I started, I get, I became really curious around like, how are all these comments appearing from random people that I don't even know who they are. They're just commenting on my, on my stuff. So what I realized was, oh man, they're searching things like, you know, music company XYZ reviews. Cause I used to write reviews about music companies, music publishers, uh, um, music event, uh, production companies and stuff like that. Okay. and yeah, so then what I realized was I had basically felt, I, I had fallen ass backwards into SEO. Got it. Got it. Awesome, <laughs> and, I, and I love the idea, brother, of not having to promote stuff manually. People just finding it because it's good. It's the, and it was the opposite of my music industry experience, you know, because in the music business, you could be really good and people still not give a shit about you. Because it's more of a popularity play, popularity contest. But with SEO, like I really do feel like, especially now, modern day SEO, the best content really wins. The best user experience wins. Um, So you get rewarded for doing good work. And that's what I really loved about it. Um, Maybe I'll pause there before I take you through like my... I was just going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just going (laughs) to say, it sounds like you perfected SEO by accident. Um, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Completely by accident. You started writing this blog and it sounds like you were answering people's questions that they were actually eager or hungry to find out. And that's pretty much perfecting SEO, putting together content that reads well, that's informative, that's going to get, that's fresh, that's going to get picked up by Google, that answers people's idle questions. And the amount of spam and poor content that goes out today, if people could do that now, um, they'd, they'd be onto a winner. So that's, that's awesome, man. So you did this whilst at college and it started to get traction, right? And people were going on there commenting and things were picking up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, dude, it, you know, it all just kind of happened like naturally too. And I realized like, wow, if you really just find out that the, what are the questions that people need the answers to and, and you produce that in an honest and genuine way, you're going to win. And the thing that I, that I really, that connected the dots, you know, today to back then was, I had the experience of a music producer. I was actually a music producer talking about the shit that music producers go through. And and so it had this, this real life authenticity to it, which is also why it was really good. And that's the problem with B2B. You know, you have like companies trying to produce content on like, you know, the best kind of drip sequences to use for this kind of cadence. And meanwhile, it's someone who has never done it before. They're just recycling other people's information. So if you think of it in terms of like email, they're just, they're just forwarding other information. They're forwarding an email. <laughs> That's all they're sure. doing. They're not so writing true. the email. They're just forwarding an existing email. So, um, you know, I think that's the difference nowadays is that a lot of companies that are producing B2B content, uh, they don't actually have the experience doing the thing that they're producing. And therefore it's harder to, to have that authenticity and genuine voice behind what they're writing about what they're creating but you know i i figured it out long ago I, this i was doing this back in 2010 so i figured it out long ago that if you write from experience and you create the best possible content um you're gonna win awesome some some great advice there for anyone tuning in that wants to brush up on their seo skills so 
In terms of this blog, so that took off, and you, you're doing music in college. So I know you've had a you've had a career in music, Gitano. So what was the next step? So you, you finished college, right? And you went into the music industry, or were you doing SEO as well? Or yeah. So when I was in college, man, um, I wasn't doing any SEO yet. I actually was on track to become like a user experience designer, okay. a graphical designer. Yeah, I really wanted to be a creative director. That was like one of my goals. Like I wanted to be a creative director for like, um, you know, an entertainment based business. So maybe working at a company like a complex.com or maybe a music label, some cool shit like that, you know? And what I, what I ultimately realized was, you know, damn man, I have no connections. Like I have some connections in the business, but like in terms of like getting a job at like a music company or getting a job at like one of those, you know, those cool companies, so to speak, you got to be really plugged in. It's very political. Um, and I, that, so I also graduated during a time when uh, the U.S. was in very high turmoil because of the uh, financial meltdown. So there actually weren't that many <laughs> opportunities available. Um, so I was still doing like music production and I was working in music studios. So I had a master's degree and I was and I couldn't get a job. So I was doing like, you know, work that I was overqualified for essentially. But you know, I ended up applying to an SEO agency um, <clears throat> in New York and I, and I had gotten the job and my test project was to present the, the marketing strategy behind my music career. That was, that was the, <laughs> that was okay. the yeah. <laughs> so I did, so I did that and um, it went well. And then I got thrown right into the deep end straight away. Um, I was working with, you know, Trojan condoms was like my first, client project wow, um, okay. first, first response pregnancy testing kit. So I had to do like keyword research on all that stuff. And like Trojan condoms wanted to rank for some like crazy terms. And then I was working with major league baseball. Of course, that was like a, a year long project uh, where I was doing all sorts of insane work on like mobile optimization and um, fixing vanity domain problems and writing title tags and meta descriptions for like all their team pages in English and Spanish, like doing, doing really in-depth stuff, like, you know, early yeah, on. Just, just want to yeah. jump in. So that was, that was quite a leap. So you said you, you left college, you're struggling to get a job, but then you, you managed to land this, this um, SEO company and you're working with yeah. some really high profile clients by the sounds of it. So I've, I've not heard of Trojan condoms, but I'm sure they're a big brand in the U S um, <laughs> major, major leagues baseball. Of course I've heard of. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure there's some, some lessons and strategies, lessons you could definitely share with us in terms of how you landed that job, how you managed to work with these real high-end, big balling clients. Yeah. So, so the guy that I worked with was this guy named Mike King. Okay. And he's like an SEO celebrity. And, and rightfully so. He's one of the top, I would say, in the, in the world. Um, and I started to... So when I realized that I was getting good at SEO by accident, I started following SEO blogs. And I noticed him as a contributor to like all the big ones. And he would come up all the time. And I loved the shit that he would write about. So I actually researched him on LinkedIn, found him, and I sent him a cold DM. And I said, dude, I, I want to work. I want to work with you. I want to work for you. Like, I don't know what I have to do. Like, and then I was reading his story more. He also was in the music business back in the day. He oh, was okay. an international uh, touring uh, rapper, independent rapper. And he's really nice. good. He's a beast. Yeah. 
Um, and he's one of these superhuman freaks of nature where he can code in like every computer language. He knows SEO like the back of his hand. He's a performer. He's a great writer. He's a great speaker. Like he's just a, a freak of nature type of person. Like he's too good at stuff for like, that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. We all know some like that. They're annoying, but good. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. He's, exactly. But he's just, he's just a next level type of person. So I learned like from the best, like straight away. Um, and you know, his strategy was shadow me, but I'm also going to throw you in the deep end. So because he had this big celebrity profile, he was able to land all of these big clients. And to this day, he's, st- he's still doing it. Um, and I would just shadow him. I would just shadow him and, and, and learn that way. But yeah, he already had these client engagements, you know, booked. Mm-hmm. So he was just throwing me in the deep end straight away, you know, get in there, just, just roll up your sleeves and get in there. And, you know, I really learned by doing so. Cool. If it wasn't for that experience early on, I don't think I'd be here today. That's me. a really smart move. What year was that, Katani? Was that a while ago? Yeah, that was that was definitely a while ago. We're talking like 2012. So you you basically researched him. You're following SEO blogs and cold DM'd him. Found him on LinkedIn. Found some common ground in the music side of things. Cold DM'd That's him. Right. I didn't even know you could do that back in 2012 because I've only been I've been on LinkedIn a few years, but I only actively started using it probably a year or two ago. So that yeah. was probably, that's quite early in the LinkedIn in days, really. Oh, oh yeah, dude. It, you know, the LinkedIn game was way different back then. Mm. You literally only connected with people that like you knew personally. There wasn't a lot of content being shared. Um, groups were a thing. Oh, <laughs> I don't know that, if you remember those. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's, that's old, like, man. <laughs> that's old, dude. So groups were like popping. Like groups yeah. were like, they weren't spam factories yet. Like they were actual. Nice. I think what LinkedIn figured out was let's take what's happening in groups and just move it to the feed. And it worked. So, so I think, yeah, but LinkedIn back in that time was kind of graveyardish. Like, you know, you would only connect with people you knew personally and like, there wasn't a lot of like engagement like there is today. It's, it's, it was way different. Got it. Okay. So just before we carry on there, when you were at, in your intro, you said you worked with some major music artists like Fat Joe, Shaggy, many more. Was that all whilst you were in college or was that after this SEO gig or have you missed a bit? Yeah. So you know what? It continued in. So it started. In college and it con- so yeah. So while I was working at an SEO company all the way up until today, I still, I still do this. Um, oh, cool. You know, I was, I was, uh, you know, producing records and uh, doing mixing and mastering and engineering and stuff like that. Um, I also played the guitar. So like um, that's how I got to work with Shaggy because he was looking for um, a studio musician to come through and play some guitar and some tracks and um through a lot of favors i had done for this one engineer he had hit me up and made the connect for me he's like yo man i got a great opportunity shaggy's looking to work with someone uh the only catch is that you got to go to his house because his studio is at his house and that's where he works so you're gonna go to shaggy's house sounds like a good catch (laughs) i'm like damn that's that's pretty sweet (laughs) so yeah i went to shaggy's house and shaggy's one of those guys that just he likes to work like you like i showed up i remember like i showed up at like 10 o'clock at night didn't go home till like 7am and like 7am he was still he was still like fully energized he's like yeah i gotta keep going i gotta keep going like a guy who's that successful that feels like i'm at the bottom and it was really that was really uh amazing to see sounds like quite a humbling experience oh right on brother yeah Awesome, dude. So going back to your story, it took a bit of a sidetrack there, but that's awesome you worked with Shaggy. So you shattered this guy at an SEO company, did that for some time, then he eventually gave you a job. Is that what happened or was it slightly different? Uh, so he gave me a job straight away. Oh, so, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He gave me a job straight away, but like my first like six months on the job was really just like 
shadow, 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 shadow. It, I, and I was like, this, uh, by the way, the agency was really small. I was the second person hired. Oh, wow. So real startup. Yeah. Yeah. Real startup. Yeah. Like the first six months I was sitting on a box in a WeWork. Like that's how it went. Yeah. I've been um, there. And, and this, <laughs> yeah, we, I think we, a lot of us have been there. So it was me, Mike, and this other guy, Richard, who's now a Deloitte consultant. And he's another brilliant guy. So I worked with like two really, really smart people, like straight off the bat. Um, and I think like I created a lot of good work habits during that time. Like I would never hit up um, my manager, Mike. I would never hit him up unless like I exhausted every other avenue of research, like Google books, tutorials. Okay, I'm stuck. I need help. And then I would hit him up. But, you know, fast forward to today where I'm managing a lot of people, that's the same expectation I have with them. Like, don't come to me unless you really are stuck. Like, don't come to me for every little problem because, you know, I, I can't handhold you and, and, and babysit you. But in any case, I was there uh, for some time. And then what I realized was I got really good at SEO really fast. Okay. Like in, two, in two years, I had learned more about SEO um, and at a really advanced level than most SEOs would learn in five years at like a big company. Wow. And how would you say, what was the secret that enabled you to do that so fast? So it's just the nature of agency work. So when you're doing like website audits over and over and over, like I've probably done, man, uh, in, in that time I probably had done like 50 or 60 different website audits of all different types of websites. You know, we're talking e-commerce sites that are millions of pages deep, uh, SaaS websites that are like 2000 pages. You know, I've done, I've kind of done it all. Um, you know, B2C, B2B, I've done real estate, dental, diamond, jewelry, um, SaaS, of course, like I've, I've done a lot. Um, and, um, by doing all that variety of shit, you just, you uncover every single SEO problem by doing that. Like I've seen, I've basically, I've seen it all. Got I've it. seen it all. I've solved it all. And, you know, working at a big company, you don't, you don't get exposed to that. And the other thing was I had to explain all these problems to clients and then work through the problems with them and how to solve them. So, you know, I'd be working on four or five different client accounts at a time, doing various tasks like optimizing landing pages, doing keyword research, creating keyword portfolios, doing link buildings, uh, technical issues, right? All this sort of stuff. And in two years of doing that at a high level, you just zoom to the top, dude, in terms of like your, your, yeah, your I, I know what you, you mean, man. I, 100% and I can relate um, on a different level. So when I was at a starting market agent, marketing agency, sorry, about three years ago um, on the sales side rather than marketing side, but it was literally like you say, it was, it was actually in my uh, boss, who was my friend at the time in his loft. So we're here there on two tiny desks that we just purchased. I was basically a one man band doing everything. So I was doing cold calling, generating clients. I was doing client account management. I was basically doing wireframes for websites. I was putting together data lists. I was doing everything end-to-end sales and marketing because we had no inbound leads for about six months. But that's, that's a whole other story. But that's, that's oh, how I can relate. So awesome, nice. man. So you, you picked up SEO really fast. You guys landed some really good clients by the sounds of it. Um, you're working with some big names. How was how it managing those clients? Was it hard work? Was it easy? You know, um, I think... Like there were, there were certain clients that were more, um, high touch, high maintenance, more hands-on than others. Like I remember major league baseball, they were actually super easy to work with because they understood SEO. 
And they, they like, you know, those people who just quote unquote, get it, like, boom, they just get it. You don't have to really, you know, spend a lot of time explaining shit. That's how, sure. that's how it was working with major league baseball. They had like a really smart SEO team. Um, I think they just were at like capacity with certain things and, and needed some additional technical expertise. But then on the flip side of that, you know, I, I, I worked with like a couple of CRM companies yeah. who were like clueless clueless <laughs> and like th with those ones you got to really hold yes. your hand like so wait how does link building work how do you yeah. get links like oh, dude. you know yeah so when you're dealing with that it's like oof you know um but <laughs> it's always you know, fun when you're dealing with marketing managers and they're just questioning everything you say on seo it's like are you really a marketing manager really yeah dude yeah yeah for sure exactly exactly so it makes you wonder too like damn like how do these people get jobs and like what do they do all day <laughs> you know, and I feel like the bigger the company is, the the more you wonder, like, what the hell is going on in that company? But um, yeah, that's that's a whole other story. Okay, man. So, and in terms yeah. of landing those clients, were you involved in that? Because it sounded like it was quite a small company, or was that a different department, or did they come inbound for your own SEO? Or? Um, so I had nothing to do with with earning those clients. So oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. So so Mike, uh, the 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 managing director of of Ipo Rank, that's the name of the agency, by the way. Cool. He, uh, he, um, was, and still is a, a major circuit speaker. So he speaks at all the major SEO conferences, you know, MozCon, PubCon, HubSpot's inbound, um, you name it, he's done it and he doesn't, he does them regularly. And just that level of visibility, you're gonna, you're just gonna, people are just gonna hit you up, you know, when, uh, search love, all these like really good SEO conferences, SMX East, SMX West, all that. Um, he's all over it. So he got all the client um, work by doing speaking engagements at big conferences. Nice, man. And are yeah. there any, any other lessons in terms of business or digital marketing that you can share with us before we move on to, to the next place you worked at? I mean, with, 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 this, with this one, I'll close it out by just saying like, um, it was the hardest, it was the hardest, like easy job that I'd never want to do again. Um, be, because the thing about client work is, you know, you're not really all the way responsible for the end result. I mean, you, you know, they rely on you and you walk them through problems and stuff, but at the end of the day, who's got to do that work to get the traffic up, they've got to implement the recommendations. And you only understand this when you go in house yourself, because then you're really accountable. Then you're, then it's really, you can't just do the audit and say, okay, here's what we have to do then you got to go do it. So that was, that was the next thing that I learned at, at basically pipe drive, which is the next cool. uh, software company I was at from going from the agency. I like what you've, the point you've just raised before we move on to pipe drive. Um, awesome company. Um, have you got any tips for anyone tuning in? Cause I'm sure it doesn't really matter what industry you're in getting customers or your own clients to implement things that you've recommended. So in your case, SEO search engine optimization techniques, any, any tips, any secrets on how we can get them to do that? Because I know sometimes it's just like, feels like an endless cycle of chasing people on email, on call. Please, can you do this update? Because it's hindering our work. We're not going to see results. We're not going to see progress until you do this on your website, until you do this, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. We've all been there. That, <laughs> you know what I usually do? I remember the trick. I used to have one trick. It used to work really well. Um, I'd be like, you know, for a, like a certain key, like, let's say there's like an important keyword that like, you know, they want to rank for what I would do is I'd, I'd, I'd remind them of what their, how their competitors are outranking them. So I'd just send them a screenshot of like, 
hey, you guys are, you know, at the bottom of page one, look at your, your number one enemy right at the top. <laughs> I like How do you it. feel about that? Like we should start making some moves. Like just doing like showing them the competition, crushing them is always the best way to get them to open their eye and say, damn, he's right. We've got to get this going. Love that. Love that. That's definitely going to yeah. give him a kick up the ass and uh, get, oh, yeah. get, get it in gear. Cool, man. All right. So pipe drive next up. How did that come about? Did they approach you or is something you, you realized it was time to move? Yeah. So I, I kind of got tired of the agency grind. Like I was like just in this cycle of auditing, 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 auditing. And I kind of started to feel like I wanted to be the person responsible for seeing the end result all the way through. So I, I had a feeling that it was time to move on. Um, and I just put a couple of applications out there. Um, I went into my network and saw, you know, who was hiring for what. And I also saw that, uh, pipe drive, the, the hiring manager at pipe drive for this SEO role was a former consultant that I had worked with in the past. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. So I had to connect there. So I saw they were hiring for SEO leader. Um, I knew the hiring manager pipe drive was based in New York. Um, I had, I had experience, um, doing SEO work for pipe drive competitors. Um, so it just made a lot of sense and it was a no brainer. I mean, I, by the time I initiated that conversation with the hiring manager to the time I got hired it was a really short process. Like it happened really fast. They were, they were like really excited about just bringing me on. So it happened within, I would say about a week, week and a half, like it was a done deal. Um, and yeah, and then I, and then I, you know, then I went from, you know, two years of agency grinding to my first in-house, in-house SEO role, man. And then it was off to the races from there. How was that transition moving from client work to, I guess you were just working on pipe drive rankings. And for anyone that doesn't know what pipe drive is, it's basically a sales based CRM customer relationship Mm -hmm. management system to help you manage your leads and effectively manage your pipeline and get more deals done. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So pipe drive was cool, man. Um, I, I really loved working there. Um, there, the people were really smart. So well, one thing a lot of people don't know is that it was, it was a, a company that started in a, in a place called Estonia. Oh, really? Which, yeah. Europe. Yeah. Okay. Which is like a small little European country. Um, it's also the birthplace of companies like Skype. Didn't know um, that. Okay. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah. So, so some major companies have actually come out of Estonia and it's becoming like an Eastern European tech hub. Um, and it's a, it's a cool country. I've been there probably like 12 times. So like whenever people ask me like, what's the most random fact about you? It's like, yeah, I've been to Estonia 12 times. They're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what's it like out there? I've actually meant to be going to a stag do there soon. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, dude. So it's, you know, it's cool. Um, it's, it's very, um, kind of it's, it's hip, it's happening. Like it's kind of a trendy country now like you're starting yeah. to see a lot of digital nomads going there and stuff like that a lot of tech companies getting started cool. um and the one thing i think i was most surprised about when i went there was the fact that uh you know it could be one o'clock in the morning and the sun could still be up it has it has that kind of that that it's it sits geographically in, in in a weird place to where like it could be midnight and the sun is still you know sun setting so it has those pies then yeah dude yeah <laughs> Yeah. So it's a, it's a fun town though. I, I, I love the Talon specifically the capital city. It's cool, a cool man. place. Yeah. Man. Nice. Okay. So pipe drive. Um, yeah. So a bit, bit of a contrast from client work to actually working on their own rankings, I guess, and helping them acquire more customers. Is that right? Um... Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. So, um, it was just hardcore, but that's a CRM dude. It's doing SEO for CRM is tough. I bet. It's yeah. tough, man. It's like, 
ridiculously competitive. There's, there's so many companies trying to rank for like the same kinds of terms. Um, and I think the way you win there is, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to go big with brand, like brand and CRM is, is really big. It's really important. Um, and then there's a lot of gold in the long tail as well. But, um, I remember, uh, there was also like a lot of just foundational things that needed to be fixed at pipe drive. So like, there was a lot of like, um, every company has this problem, but essentially like the blog became like a wasteland of low quality pages. So we had to do like this massive content cleanup project. Um, and then in terms of just like building the right kinds of, uh, targeted landing pages to the right kinds of keyword alignment, product pages, feature pages, all that fun stuff. Um, we had to knock all that out. Got it. So I like what you said then two things, gold in the long tail for anyone that's tuning in that doesn't quite understand what long tail is when it comes to SEO, search engine optimization, getting found on Google organically. Can you explain a little bit more what that means? Yeah, brother. So, you know, basically you have like these really big fat juicy terms, which are the short tail. So typically the fewer phrases that are in a keyword, the bigger the search volume, but also the more competition. So like one of the big keywords that like every CRM company was dying to rank for, and now it's just too hard is what is CRM? Like that very top of funnel classic SEO definition style content. Um, but now it's just too, it's too tough. So, <clears throat> you know, we, we kind of stayed away from stuff like that. And we started to think more about like, who are the kinds of people that, that need help? So we identified like sales managers. Okay. That is a good ICP. Now, what are the problems that sales managers deal with? Well, forecasting, how to, how to hire and grow a sales team, how to manage a sales team remotely, uh, what are the right activity metrics for SDRs, you know, all these comp plans, right? So catching them early before they think, like we said, you know what, let's catch them early. Let's not even think about like, oh, I need a CRM today or how do I switch my CRM or why do I need to move to the cloud or CRM integrations and all that stuff. We started thinking about like the problems that sales managers have. And we just started creating a ton of content around that, doing interviews with salespeople, asking them what they're struggling with in their day to day. That became the content strategy essentially. And then aligning those topics back to long tail keyword opportunities. That was basically the name of the game. Love that. And it almost brings us back to, to the start really in terms of answering questions, what you're doing in terms of your music blog. That's it. That, dude, you'd be shocked. Like when I went to Sales Hacker, so fast forward a little bit, uh, had a good run at Pipedrive, uh, learned a ton. Um, and then what I realized was I wanted to work remotely. Okay. I wanted to work remotely. And How come? I left um, because I was just getting tired of the New York City grind, like getting on the subway, you know, getting on the metro, like, you know, three hours a day commuting with the train traffic. You know, I used to live uptown in the Bronx. Yeah. And pipe drive was like downtown. So I just kind of got tired of just like that grind. And then the other thing I didn't like was I found office life to be quite distracting. Like I realized how much time was just wasted in an office, you know, people playing ping pong distractions, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, stop working at Friday at two o'clock to have beers. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a get shit done kind of guy. So I, I was just thinking like, man, and plus I wanted to travel. I wanted to just travel and go places and work remotely um, doing that. So I, I, I had um, gotten in contact with Max Altshuler uh, nice. who, who founded sales hacker. Uh, he actually, he actually hit me up because he saw a blog article that I've written oh, uh, great. on a, on a website called single grain. 
Okay. Yeah. I did a SEO, I did a SEO case study of a million backlinks on singlegrain.com. And you know, that project got widely circulated much like how you said you were reading my, my case study blog on, on my LinkedIn. Um, that's the thing people don't understand about blogging is like, you can get career opportunities because someone saw something you wrote and was really impressed by it. Um, and that's, that's exactly what happened with sales hacker. You know, um, Max, Max was looking for someone to lead growth. Um, you know, the big, the big, uh, value prop was remote work. I wouldn't have to commute anymore. And I could go to places like Hawaii if I wanted to, which I did. I spent a month in Hawaii just working remotely. It was the shit. Oh man, that sounds sweet. (laughs) Yeah, dude. It was sweet. It was sweet. It was my first time in Hawaii. I was like, man, I always wanted to go to Hawaii. And I know like all these people go there on like their honeymoons and stuff, but like, you know, I'm a, I'm a young single chap. Let me just, let me just get out there and just experience it. And man, it was awesome. Like I can't wait to go back someday. Nice man. Was um, that with with the rest of the sales hacker team or? So it was 100% remote company. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But I mean, when you went to Hawaii, was that with the rest of the guys? Like it was kind of a, a uh, no, I just went solo. Oh, fair play. Nice. Yeah. I just went straight up. Got it. Yeah. You know what it was? I, 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 you know, living in New York city, like your feet don't touch soil. It's a concrete jungle, man. So, you know, you, you don't get exposed to nature. And I'm like, man, I just want to go somewhere. Like, where's the most natural, beautiful place I can go in the U S and like, I could have went to Florida, but I'm, you know, it's like everyone goes there. And plus I live here now. So I'm like, let me just go somewhere wild. Yes. And like, they've got direct flights from JFK to Honolulu. No brainer. So nice, I, was man. I just, we, I just we, went. It's funny you should mention that my girlfriend or my fiance rather wants to go to Hawaii. She wanted to go to our honeymoon, but it's an 11 hour flight from the UK That's and we just had a baby. So I don't think it's going to go down too well. We might have to wait a few years for that one. But no, yeah. That's, that's yeah, awesome, yeah. Yeah. When your so, baby gets a little older, you should do it though. Definitely. Definitely on the bucket list. That's for sure. Cool. Right. On. So sales hacker, this was a unique thing for you then working remotely. Um, yeah. Tell us a bit more about the transition. Tell us a bit more about some of the, the lessons that you learned in terms of business, in terms of marketing, Gitano, from, from there. Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing I, I learned pretty fast at sales hacker was, and I should have done this at pipe drive. The first thing I did when I got into sales hacker was just interview customers and interview members of the community. Good. Um, and if I would have done that at pipe drive, I probably would have gotten up to speed a lot faster. I think with pipe drive, I just kind of rushed into tactics, which wasn't necessarily a bad move, but if I could have, if I could do it over, I probably would have spent like a week talking to customers um, and listening to sales calls. And that's what I did at sales hacker. And that was pretty eye opening because it basically told me the strategy of what we have to do from a website experience standpoint, from a content strategy standpoint, uh, from a paid ad standpoint, all that stuff. Like I just got, I understood it so much better just cause I spent that first week talking to people in the business. And, um, you know, the ultimate goal was to grow sales hacker and just dominate from a brand presence standpoint, because the one thing sales hacker had going for it was it was a beast of a brand and we had really good presence and respect in the world of B2B sales. But what we didn't have was I think like a structure in place for growing traffic and, um, getting the digital business to a place that it needed to be in because the sales hacker started as an events company. And, um, the way that sales hacker really got off the ground was max was doing these local meetups in big cities. So he would go to like San Francisco, LA, Dallas, Austin, whatever. 
and host these local meetups and grow the, the email list that way, grow the contact list and then get, you know, all the biggest and baddest names in, in B2B sales to become contributors on the blog. Got it. So okay. with, with those two things, the, the, that was kind of the growth mechanism in the early days of sales hacker. But then what Max realized was we got to get out of events. It's too risky. He was way ahead of the curve on that. Cause you know, then something like coronavirus comes around and boom, if you're an events company, you're done. So he saw well in advance that this had to be transitioned to digital. And that's what I was brought in for to take basically an events based business model, bring it to digital, figure, figure out how to monetize things like sponsored webinars, sponsored white papers, email promotion. So, so we were essentially um, a traffic and growth mechanism for the partners that we worked for and worked with because we had the community, we had the audience and we were the unbiased source of information for a lot of these brands. So, um, you know, coupling all that together with my SEO knowledge and growth uh, really was a perfect match. Yeah, so it sounds like you essentially moved the platform from offline to online. And you, like you said, Max was way ahead of the curve if he was doing that all those years ago. Um, so did you have a strategy in terms of, was it, was it easy to know, to know what to actually do? Because I know you mentioned you hosted webinars, which are working really well now, white papers and things like that. How mm. did you know what to do? How did you actually make it a success in terms of that transition from moving offline to the online to digital? Yeah, um, you know, what I realized was the appetite for companies to, to, to get into the digital was really big. It was like the, the appetite was absolutely there. Like they would almost rather spend digital money because okay. um, th they were starting to, to, to struggle with things like, you know, tracking the ROI of events, you know, the high cost of expenses that come along with that. Um, and they were re the companies were realizing, you know what, if I could just do a sponsored webinar two times a month, I can accelerate my pipeline way faster than doing one event every six months or one in-person event every three months. So I think we kind of just played to that need in the market. Um, and, you know, we were growing the blog really fast. A lot of top of funnel gold was happening. We were really starting to perfect our content game. Um, and we were also really good about creating a lot of buzz and excitement and quite frankly, noise on LinkedIn and Twitter and stuff like that. So, so the social media hype definitely played into it. Um, nice. but <clears throat> you know, without, without great content marketing, it wouldn't have happened. That, that was the back, that was the bloodline of the business, you know, it was great content marketing. So with, without that, um, I don't, I don't think the business could have been successful. That was the, that was the most important thing. And what would you say was the secret to that? Was it because a lot of the staff were in sales their self or was it because you're interviewing your customers or? Yeah. So that the, the, the main thing was basically, you know, we had this contributor network and, and it still exists today, but the basis of the, of the company's content strategy is not hiring writers. It's finding other people in the industry that want to showcase their thought leadership that want to express their point of view on a certain topic, you know, so we'd get like, um, you know, like the, the VP of customer success at HubSpot to do a thought leadership piece on, you know, how to scale your, um, your support team, right. Tactical, very tactical, evergreen content strategy. So we'd basically just hit up all these people and be like, Hey, do you want to contribute on the sales hacker blog? You know, we have this number of email 
subscribers, our blog gets this amount of traffic. You know, we're a growing community in the space. We'll amplify your stuff. We'll blow it up on social media, you know, just to kind of just do something cool and interesting um, just for fun, really. And and to educate. And then of course you, you know, you get the benefits out of it. Like we're, we're promoting you and all this stuff. Um, and that was, that was really the name of the game. We, we, you know, we started doing a lot of outreach around that, like hitting up influential people and asking them if they wanted to contribute to the blog. And then what we would do is we would, we would reverse the SEO pro- process, reverse engineer it. So okay. we wouldn't, we wouldn't give the writer like a brief and say, you have to hit this keyword. We would say, what is a topic you want to write about? Cause you're great at it. And they would suggest a couple things and like, Oh yeah, let's do this. Cool. Great. Great idea. Love that. Yeah. Then we get that content and then we, re- we would reverse engineer it to align it to a certain keyword. And then we'd do some manual optimization. So we would just let every writer know, look, we reserve the right to tweak some things for SEO, but sure. we essentially got free content from everybody. We didn't pay any writers to do any, any work. We got all free content. <laughs> Everything was free. Just Such took sweat nice and, and effort. Yeah. And I guess in return, the contributors got traffic to their own sites and they raised their brand profile and they got traffic to their LinkedIn and stuff like that and work off the back of it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so that was basically the, the marketing flywheel. Fantastic. Okay. So that was, that was sales hacker. Was I outreach at the same kind of time or yeah, give us, give us quick snapshot. Cause there's a bit more to cover in terms of kind of building up to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. So the acquisition happened. Um, and then I did basically, um, a couple months of growth marketing consulting for, okay. for outreach helped with the transition of sales hacker becoming, um, independent to becoming now part of a bigger, you know, umbrella. Um, so I just kind of helped with the transition, gave them some growth recommendations. And then ultimately what I realized was <clears throat> I wanted to get out of the world of B2B sales. Like I had been in it for a long time, you know, from the pipe drive days all the way through to the end of sales hacker, it was all the same kind of content. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to switch things up. I wanted a new challenge. I wanted to kind of get out of that game. So, uh, enter, you know, Nextiva, um, cloud communication company. And what got me really excited about this was the opportunity in the market. So I went from a very saturated world of CRM and stuff like that to a world of cloud communication where, you know, only 20% of the market has been penetrated. So there's still 80% of companies out there that are using, you know, old school, outdated landlines, uh, PBX systems. Like even, you know, if you go to any major hotel in like Las Vegas, for example, you're going to see those old school Avaya phones, you know, being used (laughs) in in like the the nicest hotels in the world. And, and eventually they're going to have to switch that out. Right. So there's, you know, millions of, of businesses like that, that still exist that need to make the the change. And now with COVID-19, you're kind of seeing the acceleration of that, of, of that demand surging. Um, So what I was excited about was being a big player in a market that has a ton of money up for grabs. So everyone is growing in the space. And the question is not, about, you know, who's growing and who's not. The question is about who's going to grow the fastest and who's going to gobble up the market share the fastest before it gets all gobbled up. Um, so that's actually the biggest challenge. Who's, it's not who's going to grow, but it's who's going to grow the fastest. And that's what I think was really appealing for me um, in terms of Nextiva. Yeah, I love the challenge. Um, just quickly, what, what are some of the strategies that you've, you've put in place to, to make that happen? Is it mainly an SEO foundation or is there a few other few other channels that we've perhaps not touched on so much 
Yeah, man. You know, it really comes down to a couple of channels. Um, one is definitely for sure SEO, very important in this industry. Um, and that's the other thing too. Like I won't work in industries where SEO isn't a big opportunity. You know, I'm not going to work for some obscure, you know, medical device company that has no search volume around the business because, you know, why waste my strength? You know, why go work somewhere where I'm not going to be able to maximize my, my value. So I, I purposely lend preference toward industries that have big SEO opportunity, big search opportunity in general, paid and organic search. Got it. So, so PPC, definitely a huge, a huge thing in the world of cloud communication. Very, very competitive. Um, and um, also like review sites and affiliate strategies are, are a big deal. So, so Interesting. The, okay. yeah, yeah. So the way that Google kind of has shifted the game a little bit is, you know, you used to be able to rank for things like business VoIP, huge keyword. Um, you can't now because, you know, the website's doing top 10 best business VoIP companies, top 10 best this, you know, top 10 best that. Um, they are the ones that are winning now because Google understands the way shoppers want to buy and shoppers want to see a big selection of choices and they want to see peer reviews. They want to see ratings. They want to read what's happening. Um, what other companies or other customers are saying, and they want to be able to compare comparison points of features and cost and all this stuff. Um, and yeah, so, so if you're a vendor website, that kind of cuts you out of the picture because if you think about it, it wouldn't really be fair for a vendor company to, to, to rank number one for a term like business VoIP because it's just going to be one, one choice. Right. Um, and, and shoppers want to see lots of choices and, and in highly competitive markets like cloud communication, that's just the way it goes. Got it. So it sounds quite quite a challenge. I guess you had to look at more niche based search terms to, to get your foot you in the do. door. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. Yeah, you got it. So like I said, with Pipedrive, the gold is in the long tail. Same exists here. Finding those problems that shoppers might have. You know, how many phone lines do I need for my business? How much should a business VoIP system cost? All those kinds of things. Such a great um, setup. Yeah, yeah. Integrations, like all that stuff. Like if you build content around that, you're going to do well. Yeah. So that's it for anyone tuning in that wants to get to grips with SEO. Start talking to your customers. Start talking to your sales team. Understand the problems that your buyers face. So let's say the top five, the top 10 common objections or common problems that are coming to your sales team or coming that's to you it. if you're in the business each and every day. And put together content around it. Build a content strategy, whether it's that's it. content on your information page, on your website, your blog even your LinkedIn posts. Um, That's it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All the way to the ads as well. You know, we, we use words in the ads that we hear customers say, you know what I mean? We use trigger words that we hear them say all the time. So, so um, I think that's just a golden strategy. Another tactical bit of advice I would say is there's a tool called answer the public. Okay. It's a very unknown tool, but essentially what it is, is a keyword research tool. Now the, the cool thing about it is it won't give you search volume. So right. I think a lot of, I think a lot of marketers, they, they get a little too obsessed over search volume as a metric. You shouldn't care about that as much. Yes, it's important. But what I like about answer the public is you could put a term in there like marketing automation software hmm. and it'll spit back at you question based ideas. So it'll add things like what, 
how, when, where, why, and it'll scrape Google for all these long tail opportunities that are out there and present ideas to you on how to create what, when, how, why, where, uh, keyword, keyword based content around that topic, which is a brilliant move that I think is highly underrated. Um, and I, I would definitely recommend that for any, any company looking to improve their, their content marketing. That is an awesome tool. Is that free to use? Free to use. Completely free. Beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's been great learning your story, Gatane, and some of the places you've worked, some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. Um, now, I'd like to take a little bit of a shift. I know you're, you're pretty big on LinkedIn. You've got a decent following. We talked about at the very start of the podcast that clip that you did um, in terms of uh, cold, cold pitching. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that quickly. I know we're coming to the end of the show, but tell us a bit, bit more. So, basically, you, um, you went, went around the, a shopping mall, was it? Cold pitching people like people do when they spam you on LinkedIn. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. So, I wanted to do a social experiment. Um, it was just meant to be a cool idea more than anything else. Um, something fun and engaging and entertaining, but essentially, you know, I was just getting frustrated with the level of spam. Uh, like I'm sure a lot of people are. And rather than like complaining about it, which a lot of people do, they're like, Oh, I'm tired of all the spam on LinkedIn. It's becoming a spam factory. Uh, I was like, what could I do? That's like interesting and fun. That would drive that point all the way home. And I just had a random idea. Like, what if I, took all those annoying cold spam pitches that I get in my DM that like everyone gets and just go up to random people and start talking to them about it. So I like would go up to random people at the mall and be like, excuse me, um, I think there may be some synergy here. <laughs> Do you have 10 minutes on your calendar for next week so we can talk about your business goals? They're like, uh, what? Uh, no, like one guy I think was like, get away from me now. <laughs> uh, did anyone catch uh, on to what, what you're actually doing? You know, it was interesting towards like we were doing it for like two hours yeah. and like towards like the last 10 minutes, like security started following me. They're like, Hey, get, what are you doing over here? And I just like ran <laughs> and I ran, I just ran out to the parking garage and ran out into the street and then I was fine. Brilliant. Amazing. Man. Yeah. Fantastic. So we've talked a lot about SEO. Um, when it comes to digital and marketing, would you say that that's your favorite channel? I would say search engines period are my favorite channel. Good. So I, I, I really love organic and paid search. Um, though that's kind of my, my, my jam. And then the other, the other thing that I love geeking out over is once you get traffic to that page, uh, landing page testing and conversion strategies to try and get, um, better conversion rates on your, on your most important pages. Nice. Um, quick one. Um, not, not a question I usually ask, but as you're a digital marketing guru on this kind of stuff, um, if someone's quick, quick, basic in terms of converting, have you got any, any advice? I quite often put tips on this, but anyone that's on their homepage, for example, any quick ways to build trust? So if someone's thinking, oh, I'm only getting one lead a week or one lead a month, any quick tips on how people can improve conversions on the homepage that they might not have already thought of? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So kind of like what I said before, like when it goes back to just asking your customers what they want and then giving it to them, it's the same story here. The only, the only thing is that it's harder to figure out what they want. So the a way to figure out what they want is by using a tool called like Hotjar, for example, where you can get heat map data. And based on the behavior of the user on the page, you start to study patterns and trends and you start to look at what's hot and what's not. And then you start to, you start to watch the session recordings 
and you can see where their mouse moves. You can see how they scroll up and down the page. You can see how they scan the information. You can start to get a sense over time of where they're getting stuck. And you may be able to figure out things like, well, you see this module right here, which we thought was really important. It's actually not that important. The heat map data suggests that they're skipping right over it. Um, if you have pricing at the bottom of the page and you have a bunch of other content like in the middle and they're just skipping over the middle content going right down to the pricing, what does that tell you? Well, you got to move pricing up, right? Like that kind of thing. So I just spent a lot of time looking at data and, and trying to figure out based on the data, what is it that people actually want that we're not giving them? And then just coming up with like different versions of pages and, and really just always testing, man. Like that's what it comes down to. Like no one really has the right answers. Every traffic type is different. Every audience is different. Every shopper is different. Sure. And what may work in one industry may not work in another. Um, oh, so no. it really just comes down to using tools like Hotjar and seeing what's working and what's not, coming up with new variations of pages and just running them against each other continuously until you find like a really good version that converts better than all the rest. Love it. That's, what it, that's what it comes down to. Definitely. Hotjar is a really good tool. Um, we use it here at WebChoice for some of our client sites. And I think they've even got a free trial, right? So you can do like Yeah, yeah. So they've got, a, they've got a free, completely free version. A free, oh, cool. I think it's premium. Yeah, it's, I think it's a freemium play. Um, and then once you get maxed out, I think you got to start paying for it. But uh, totally worth the, you know, whatever they charge. It's really, you know, the one thing I was surprised about with Hotjar is how low, it, how low it costs. I think it's like 50 a month or something like that. Like that's, that's pretty damn good. Like the value you get for 50 bucks a month is like insane on that. So yeah, I would totally recommend it. Definitely, man. So if you're curious about how people are interacting with your site, perhaps not getting as many conversions, as many leads or sales as you think you should be, install um, Hotjar, free tool, and start looking at the data or get your web developer to do it and uh, yeah, and start enjoying the rewards. Cool, man. Um, right just on. before we wrap things up, I know you've got a decent following on LinkedIn, Gatana, and I know your posts get really good engagement. You put out some really quirky stuff like the video we just talked about and all sorts of other things. Any tips for, for people that want to build up their LinkedIn engagement um, on how they can do that? Yeah, brother. I, w I would say just, you know, be yourself. You know, that's, I think that's, I know it sounds fluffy and cliche, but like, for example, the last video I posted was a video of me playing the guitar and, and doing a song in Spanish, you know? And what I've come to realize is, you know, is it likely that your customers and the people that will buy from you and the people that want to do business with you, that they probably like the same things that you like? Yeah, they, they actually do. A lot of, a lot of people love music. A lot of people love soccer. So when you talk about these non-businessy topics that are highly relatable, you show your human side, you show your vulnerability, and you stand out because unfortunately what's happening now with LinkedIn is everyone's talking about like the same kinds of stuff. So it can come across quite robotic, quite formulaic, quite cookie cutter. Um, so I would say don't be afraid to, you know, jump out over the ledge a little bit and uh, don't feel like you have to be boxed in and always talk about growth marketing or B2B sales, like metrics and all the, you know, the geek stuff, you, you know, you can switch it up a little bit and still be highly relatable and, and stand out from the crowd a bit more. Awesome, dude. Really sound advice. Love that. Right. Katano, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for having positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, my grandma. Grandma was a really strong woman. She uh, had, um, cancer for for 15 years fought through it raised me and my 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 younger brothers she uh she was the head chef of an italian restaurant in new york uh 
family owned business. And, um, you know, I grew up in the restaurant with my grandma cooking and, uh, you know, I was 12 years old, you know, slicing up the mozzarella cheese. You oh, know what man. I mean? So, so it was, it was that kind of upbringing that I had that I was really close to grandma and, you know, with that, she total, total saint. And, you know, without her, uh, definitely wouldn't be, you know, what I'm doing, what I'm doing today. That's lovely, man. Well, everyone, you've been tuning into Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business. Gatano, tell us a bit more about the best way people can get in touch with yourself, how they can connect with you, and um, how we can learn more. Yeah, I appreciate that, Sam. Um, so just go follow my podcast. Uh, it's the Musicians in Tech podcasts. So we are basically connecting business leaders and musicians worldwide. Uh, we interview music executives, music producers, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you want to find out specifically about me, just hit me up on LinkedIn, go to Gaetano Nino Denardi, and you can find me there. Awesome, dude. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you having me. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.